Hey, welcome to the Pen Weekly here on a uh, Monday on January 7th. Um, right now we have Sun Pen on the line. Sun, how you doing? I'm doing good. How are you doing? Oh, I'm doing great. Not as good as RG3 and Mike Shanahan. Um, biggest news out of this weekend's NFL playoffs is RG3. Should have you gone back in after getting hurt in the first quarter? Or uh, should have you been taken up by Mike Shanahan? What are your thoughts? After watching the game, he should have been taken out, but because a lot of his throws were overthrown, they were high, his accuracy was gone. Not only that, he couldn't run anymore. They tried the read option once, and I think it got positive yards, but he mostly did it on one leg, so his effectiveness was really limited because of that injured knee, and I think the Seahawks knew that, and they were able to adjust their defense so that they wouldn't, he couldn't hurt them um, but on on the ground or through the air. So I think with a 14-point lead, it, that would have been the most ideal situation for Shanahan to bring in his backup, who, who has been pretty capable um, during the season. So, yeah, I think RG3 should have sat out, but sometimes uh, coaches make decisions where they didn't really think about the teams or the players' health too much. I think that's what happened. What do you think? Oh, well, obviously it's a results-driven decision. I think you probably should have took him out. You know, his mechanics were really bad. That's why his uh, sales his throws were sailing all over the place. You know, you throw with your legs, you know, his feet were off. He couldn't. Uh, plant on his back leg, and he's going to run. So um, if you look at the stats, he was only, after that first two drives, he was only 4 for 10 for about, I think, 20 yards. So he was seriously limited. Everybody knew he was limited. But, you know, Mike Shanahan and RG3 decided that he wanted to play, he could play, and he deserved that chance. And I think I think this all stems back to, uh, a couple of years ago when Jay Cutler heard of me and everybody just really went crazy and uh, criticized Jay Cutler about how he should have played in that game. And uh, I don't know if they were subconscious or if they actually thought about it, but I think that's what they thought. They're like, you know, we're going to get a lot of criticism if we pull them and, and then we lose. So let's just go ahead and uh, just have him in there. And, uh, you know, it's a no-win situation, but, you know, Kirk Cousins isn't that bad of a quarterback. He threw for 300 yards a couple weeks ago. They're already up 14-0. If Kirk Cousins could just manage the game. But what really lost the game for uh, the Redskins was their defense. Russell Wilson, Marshawn Lynch had 13, uh, I think it's 24 unanswered points, and uh, he just really took advantage of uh, Washington's defense. Seemed to... Um, Stop playing well after they run a 14. But yeah, it's a really interesting story. Um, what's the latest news in RG3's condition? Do you know? Yeah, he has a partial tear of, tear of the ACL and the LCL. They're both partial tears, yeah. Okay. I, I saw an early report, really preliminary, preliminary report, saying that he would miss 14 to 18 months. <laughs> Which, <laughs> <laughs> <I don't. laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. I don't think that's 
accurate. He'll probably miss. Well, he might not even miss any time if they're both partial pairs, but it'd probably be best for him to take a while to uh, to get healthy and make sure his knee is stable. I think Mike Shanahan said that. Uh, he also said, uh, you know, RG3 probably doesn't need off-season workouts because Adrian Peterson did pretty well without any or something along those lines. <laughs> no, so. Mike Shanahan loves this RG3 or loves winning or something. He, he, he tried him out there in a wheelchair, I think. Yeah, I think it's just insane that uh, <laughs> he thinks uh, RG3 would be fine without, or comparing him to the only person in the history of football to play well after tearing his or shredding his knee, uh, talking about Adrian Peterson. So I don't think it's a comparable uh, situation. I think, if anything, Adrian (laughs) Peterson is just superhuman. So (laughs) he is not a human. He is not a human being. Hopefully, hopefully he's fine. Um, You know, it was a really successful Redskins year. All this RG3 talk really overshadows how – well, Russell Wilson and the Seahawks played yesterday. You know, we have to say something about them. Their offense was really rolling. They were running some read option. And Russell Wilson doesn't make mistakes. He, you know, plays like a veteran. Um, and Marshawn Lynch, you know, that scoop on a fumble. Uh, that was the key one of the big plays of the game. He just scooped it up without fumbling. That was pretty impressive. I think it's interesting that the... The Seahawks, they run a kind of a new wrinkle to the read option. They they don't have the quarterback go to the outside. They have the quarterback run up the middle and uses and they use the the running back kind of as a lead blocker or somebody to pave the way. Yeah, yeah, they, I saw that. Yeah, they did it like three or four times, and it's kind of an interesting wrinkle. Um, gives it another dimension to read option. Yeah, like you said, Marshawn Lynch, that fumble, that was really fortunate that it bounced that way. It reminded me of the Frank Gore touchdown against the Patriots a little bit. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, I remember that. Um, yeah, but, uh, yeah, big wild card weekend. Um, let's let's go ahead and go through the games here. First off, we got to go Texans, Bengals. Did you watch it? Was it watchable? I watched, bits and, yeah, I watched bits and pieces of that game. It wasn't very interesting. I would say it's not that not not that exciting of a game. But the Texans were one of those games where the Texans weren't in complete control. But it never felt like the Bengals. It never felt like the Bengals were going to win that game. It just felt like Houston was just going to play just well enough to pull it out, and, they, and that's what happened. Yeah, I mean the Bengals' offense was just uh, purely abysmal. Andy Dalton, not necessarily uh, throwing rockets back there, and their running game was just a mess, too. So, um, good job for making the playoffs, but, yeah, it was a Texans all the way. Moving on to the night game, Packers and Vikings. Did you catch it? What you think? You know, I, ca- I caught the second half of that game. I only remember a few things from that game. Uh, most notably is, Joe Webb throwing a ball straight up in the air and somehow didn't get intercepted. <laughs> uh, I think, poor I Joe think, Webb. 
Yeah, I think that was the low light and the highlight of the of the game as as it did not get intercepted. And, uh, so he actually avoided a sack and a loss of yards. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Um, I kind of like Joe Webb though. I think uh, it was a yeah. like a a less polished, less talented Russell Wilson RG three type that may um, be able to. Uh, Maybe he's or maybe he's just like a Tim Tebow, really athletic but not very he, accurate passing the ball. Oh, I think he's worse. He's he's like a poor man's uh, poor man's Tavares Jackson. Oh, he went three, eleven for thirty passing. <laughs> yeah, but did he know I mean, he was gonna play? Did he know he was gonna play? Yeah, I, I guess. I heard he got all the reps in, in the, during the week, but. Or a lot of the reps. It's just another one of those boring games that, or the, you know, really the the better team won, and they showed why they're they're a better team. Um, uh, as you can tell by the score, the final score. Right. Um, I actually only caught the first quarter, and uh, I saw Joe Webb march to the Vikings down the field, and I was like, wow, this <laughs> this could be a major upset. Um, and then uh, later on, when I watched the rest of the game, I was like, "This was not an upset. <laughs> they hadn't they didn't score any points <laughs> since I last saw." One thing about Joe Webb, I don't know why they didn't do any more read option plays after that first series. They did the they ran nine runs, and then you turn around and you look, he threw the ball thirty times. And I'm just like, "What? <laughs> don't they know this guy is <laughs> a converted wide receiver?" They had a big lead. Or big deficit, so they had to throw the ball. <laughs> oh, I think I think running the ball at three yards a pop is better. <laughs> At least, uh, yeah. Well, that, that was you know when you're down, you got to throw the ball. Um, tough, tough. Well, it's a good way to end season for Adrian Peterson. Um, you know, another successful season uh, despite everything. That's happened to him. So, and uh, Packers can move on. And then we got the game on Sunday morning, uh, the Baltimore Ravens versus the Indiana Indiana Colts. The Indianapolis Colts. Oh yeah, yeah, that's right. <laughs> uh, that was actually in the afternoon for me. So I think uh, the early game, the Colts. Uh, I watched most of that game. Oh no, wait, I watched all of that game. The, the Ravens played really well. Joe Flacco played really well. Uh, yeah. Ray, yeah. Lew- yeah, Ray Lewis. He had a lot of tackles. I'm surprised by how healthy he was. He, he wasn't able to get off blocks really well. He only has one arm, uh, one healthy arm. Not, not that he's amputated or, or anyway. <laughs> I thought that I thought that uh, the Colts they they moved the ball, but they also had some. Bad penalties against them that stall their drives and their defense isn't just it just isn't good. It's not playoff caliber. Yeah, no, yeah, yeah, you're right. I think that the Colts, you know, they had the plan was to kick uh, nine field goals there, short five or five field goals. Or yeah, I kind of I kind of felt the the Ravens were going to win that game anyway, so I'm not surprised there. 
Yeah, you know, it looks like um, I, my prediction of that 35-24 uh, was a little off. Um, yeah, I didn't expect that Andrew Luck to play uh, so, I, I guess, so timidly. You know, he, he rarely got the ball down the field, but that's probably due to the, you know, the pressure the Ravens were putting on him and, you know, they're just taking a few sacks. You know, it's just good defense. You know, Flacco and Hank von Bolden were playing extremely well, so... You know, it's surprising to see, you know, a lot more play like this since uh, we haven't seen him play very well lately. You know, good, good job for the Colts. And the Ravens are going to go ahead and move on. I guess uh, we've already talked a little about the Seahawks and Redskins. Who did you pick for that game? I picked the Redskins to win that game, 28 to 27 or something like that by a point. For, for, for quarter, it looked pretty good. But after that, the wheels fell apart after RG3. Looked like he uh, suffered some uh, re-aggravated his knee injury during the second touchdown drive. So, yeah, yeah. Well, I thought I thought his career was over after his knee bent real funny on that fumble snap. Though I was like, ah, this is it. (laughs) He's done. But uh, hopefully, with the ride, he'd come back. I hope. uh, I hope he can come back. Hopefully next year. I uh, I also traded for him in a a keeper league. I don't know if you remember that. <laughs> <laughs> you're hoping you're hoping he starts to see. I'll keep him anyway, but <laughs> and, uh, I guess two fantasy years down the drain. <laughs> oh well. Oh, man. All right. All right. Well, let's go ahead and look ahead to uh, next week's uh, divisional round. A lot of big games. This is uh, considered the best week of football by a lot of people. And I think we're in luck. We all, you know, we all have really entertaining games on schedule. I'm pretty excited about for all of them. Let's go ahead and uh, tackle the Ravens and Broncos. Who you got in this game? I have the Broncos in this game. I think the Payne Manning. Express is going to roll right through to the AFC Championship game. I think they have a better offense. I think Peyton Manning will be able to pick apart the uh, pretty pretty injured, pretty beat up Ravens defense, especially their secondary. And I think uh, Denver's defense is is better than um, the Ravens offense. So I think the, the Broncos should be able to take care of business in this game. What do you think? Okay, so easy, easy win for the Broncos, you say? Easy win. I think the Broncos will maybe they'll, they'll probably struggle for a half or two. Not or two. That's the whole game. Uh, <laughs> they'll probably struggle for a lot of the first half. I think. I think Manning will have to adjust to the Denver, uh, the, the Ravens defense. I think he always has trouble against defenses like that. So. No, I, I think that, but after he gets the hang of it, I think they'll be able to build a good lead, win that game. I don't know. At the same time, Peyton Manning does think in big playoff games, especially at home. So I'm gonna say they either win by ten or they just just lose by by three. Yeah, you know Peyton Manning. I was looking at Peyton Manning's. Uh, you know, playoff records and playoff losses, and it's it's weird to see him lose because he wins so much in the regular season, and then you have these fluky games where, you know, like 
they'll lose to the Jets or they'll lose to the Ravens or they'll lose to the Chargers in overtime or by a couple of points and just wondering, oh, how did they many, you know, let this happen? Why didn't, you know, play better? But, you know, it does happen to paint many. I think if they do win, they'll, they won't win as big as they did a couple of weeks ago against the Ravens. Right now, the line's 10. I think that's kind of high, even though the Ravens don't have necessarily the greatest offense. They do, they can't get the ball downfield. And they do have Ray Rice. And they do. But, you know, the Broncos have the defense with Vaughn Miller, probably in the running for defensive player of the year. J.J. Watt's going to win that award. Oh, yeah, yeah. I think, yeah, I think it's J.J. Watt, uh, Alden Smith, and then, and then Vaughn Miller. That's the top three right now. For sure. Yeah, Peyton Manning. You know, I always think Peyton Manning's going to win, and I'm always surprised when he loses. The Broncos are going to kick a ton of field goals. They'll just (laughs) keep right by the Ravens. That's, that's normally how Peyton Manning wins in the playoffs. Real ugly. Yeah, that's what you find on the Broncos 30, Ravens 21. Oh, wow. I'm guessing Broncos 23, Ravens 16. All right, moving on then. Yeah, we'll save that one for that. Moving on, we'll just go to the uh, NFC Sunday game. Seahawks versus Falcons. Right now, you have a really hot Seahawks team come play against the Falcons team nobody believes in. The number one (laughs) seed in the NFC West, um, which is is pretty impressive. Actually, the line actually moved. Yesterday, the line was Seahawks by one, out of Atlanta by one. So, you got people flip-flopping on on who's going to win. But who do you got for this game? What, the line was really Seahawks by one? (laughs) Yeah, yesterday. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) And they're playing in Atlanta where they never lose? The Falcons never lose? This is a hard one for me. I I really do think Seattle is a hotter team, but at the same time, I think the Falcons are the better team. Uh, so it's one of those things where whoever can play their game, their style of game, and dictate the tempo and the, the pace and the time possession will win the game. And they're both playing really good offense. Both of them have pretty productive offenses and Really good defenses. It's a pretty even matchup, I think. I think the, in the end, though, I think the Seahawks will win this game. They have the aggressive secondary to not maybe stop, but like slow down the Falcons receivers. And I think Russell Wilson has, he has some of that, some of that magic <laughs> to pull out another win in the playoffs. That Mark Sanchez magic. Rookie magic. Mark, Mark Sanchez, rookie magic. Here we go. So, so you pick the Seahawks? Yeah, I think the Seahawks will win this game. Oh, right wow. now. Okay. Okay. Big news, though. Defensive end, all-pro defensive end, Chris Clemens is out with an ACL tear. So they'll be missing some of that pass rush, but they still have Bruce Irwin on the other side. So that's something to think about. But yeah, I think it pretty, is a pretty deep, though. Yeah, it's going to be a closely contested game. Nobody believes in Falcons, but I feel like it's it's their time with that much offense. Matt Ryan, 
Natty Ice, and then you have Roddy Roddy White and Julio Jones, or Julio Jones, if you want to call him that. Oh, I, I, have a, I, ne- <laughs> I never remember which one it is. <laughs> uh, I think it's Julio. Julio Holmes. Okay. I'm taking, I'm going with Atlanta just based on the fact that they have this extra motivation that they've lost three playoff games in pretty ugly fashion in the past three years. I think they really want to show everybody that they earned this one seed despite the fact that they've played pretty poorly during the season, even though they've got all those wins. So something weird is going down there in Atlanta and they're going to be so fired up that they can complain. Pretty much anybody, I think they'll be able to handle them. And they're playing at home in the Georgia Domes, the ATL. You know, they're going to be really fired up. Though I really like the Seahawks. You know, I'm a big Russell Wilson fan. Uh, you know, my buy some Levi's. No, I'm just kidding. I'm not going to do that. But, <laughs> you know, I, I like um, Marshawn Lynch. <laughs> you know, Marshawn Lynch uh, is a totally different running back than he was in Buffalo, I think. I feel like. Uh, it's the first time I ever saw him. Uh, <laughs> I haven't seen a Buffalo game in, in years. <laughs> I think the last game I saw in Buffalo was the Music City Miracle. Oh, who knows? Who knows what's coming out of there? But yeah, so I'm going. I'm going Falcons. Uh, what's your final score for that game? I think another close game. I'm going to say twenty-eight, twenty-seven. <laughs> Same score for the Red all right. All right, in that case, yeah. I'm going to... What's your that score? Case, uh, I'm going uh, Seahawks 13, Falcons 28. All right. Uh, moving on then. Now now for our favorite teams games. Uh, let's go ahead and do your game first. You know, we got the Aaron Rodgers touchdown uh, dance. Discount double check versus Colin Kaepernick's 49ers. Um yeah, he doesn't have he doesn't have a touchdown dance yet. It's too bad. He needs to work on that. Yeah, big game. What do you think? Yeah, I think uh, I think that's actually Kaepernick scouting report lacks touchdown dance um, as a weakness <laughs> uh, or, or a con. I think the Packers will win this game actually. I think they have a offense. Yeah, I think Seattle gave the NFL blueprint how to beat the 49ers, just to be more physical with them, to uh, attack the, the, their cornerbacks. It's not a bad uh, position for them, but it's their, weak, their biggest weakness, considering how strong the other parts of the of the defense are. So I think attacking the slot, I think the linebackers, Willis and Bowman, are good run stoppers, but they're not the best pass. Uh, coverage guys. Um, I think uh, Randall Cobb will wreak havoc. Players like that on the Green Bay side of the ball, offensive side of the ball, and just they just have the veteran presence. So I think uh, the Packers should win this game. Really? Wow. You know, are you trying to like a reverse jinx? You know, I do that sometimes too. You know, I just uh, guess guess against my team just so I. Uh, I feel like I'm not going to jinx them. Um, wow. Well, I wish that would happen. I wish, but what, what is the line in that game? San Francisco by three. By, by three. I'd say by three. 
it's even so key. Yeah. So, yeah, I think uh, the Packers are more than capable of beating the 49ers. Uh, right, yeah. The Packers, you know, have a really hot Aaron Rodgers right now. You know, if it weren't for Adrian Peterson or um, Peyton Manning, he'd probably be the MVP. He probably had a better year than he did last year. And right now, they're getting uh, a lot of running backs. They're getting some running backs back. Um, bunch of no-name guys, and they're going to have four healthy receivers, so they're going to be playing really well. Um, Charles Woodson has come back. Clay Matthews is back. So, Pax is finally looking healthy. You know, 49ers, they hadn't been looking that great in recent weeks. Um, it does look like the Packers have the momentum up here, but, you know, you don't want to count out the 49ers since they do have that defense, and they did beat the Packers earlier this year in opening night. So the 49ers do have that confidence. You know, this is their year. I feel like you know that's my pick on the NFC side for the Super Bowl would be the Niners, even though they do have Colin Kaepernick as a quarterback. But you know, you've seen Russell Wilson today. If Colin Kaepernick makes decisions like Russell Wilson or play like and what that type of poise I feel like the Niners can make football. So I actually gonna pick the Niners based on fact that you know they have a really um, stout defense and they they have the blueprint or the confidence that it could beat the Packers, whether or not, you know, they're healthy or not. So um yeah, I'm I'm picking the Niners. I, I believe that, you know, uh I like the Niners. <laughs> so Hey, this this isn't a pick against you. <laughs> well, I don't see. Uh, I, I will I will say one thing though that Jim Harbaugh I think is probably uh, I just might be biased. He's probably the best coach going out there right now. Really? Uh, as far as having it, yeah. As far as having a feel for his team and getting the most out of his players, and he he will have had pretty much two weeks to prepare. For the Packers, a team he has uh, already faced, so I think they they have that going for them. Uh, so I might be wrong that the the Packers may, are, but they did in that first game they did really have a hard time containing Randall Cobb in the when they had him in the backfield. So I might go to that more. I don't know. That's just one more thing to think about, I guess. Oh, it's going to be an exciting game. You know, I can't wait. They are playing Candlestick Park. Is there a special special wrinkle in this game? I'm trying to think if there's a, a big storyline other than the fact that you know there's two really good teams. No, uh, they have. No, they do have a history in the playoffs. Oh yeah, they have uh, the Terrell Owens crying game. That, that game beat the Fortnighters a few times before that. Two years before, uh, two two other years in the playoffs before that. So, some well, history. Yeah, yeah, history. Oh, but nothing. And, um, nothing. See, I think B.J. Raji and Autumn Smith have a beef going on. That, that's a serious um, beef. <laughs> not that I know. Yeah. Of. <laughs> You didn't hear about that story, uh, family issues. Um, uh, they invested in the business together. Um, I'm uh, sorry, that's not true. Uh, no, no, no. I think it's just going to be a straight-up good good football game. So what's the score? Packers, 
24. Ridley, 
you know, Gronk is back and they have less welfare. Just a, a very dominant offense. But I think the Texans will be ready for it. So I think it's going to be a, a really close game. And I'm going to go ahead and uh, pick the Patriots on this one. Despite the fact that you know, there's that, that weird cloud hanging over them. Uh, and, you know, the Texans, they're a good team too, but not on the same level, talent level as the Patriots. So, you know, we'll see what happens. I think Arian Foster's, he looked good last week, but yeah, he's going to reach 400 touches in this game. So I think, I think the Patriots could stop them. I think the uh, Patriots want a close one. What do you got to score? Patriots 45, Texans 13. <laughs> oh my goodness. What are you saying, the Bills? This is a fail team. They're not gonna lay down like this. You're beating my forty points. No way. They gotta take, no. Yeah, they got. They gotta take their lumps. <laughs> no, this, this isn't this isn't the Broncos from last year. <laughs> Tim Tebow's not quarterbacking the Texans. <laughs> no way. What do you, no. What do you think the score is gonna be? Uh. I think the Patriots going to win uh, 17 to 13. Oh, that's so low yeah. scoring. Oh, that's what happened to the Patriots in the playoffs. If you look at their playoff history, besides for that Bronco game, they never score more than 25 points a game in the playoff game past three years. So the game slows down. They can they don't do the same thing they did. People are, are just more prepared for the Patriots to in the playoffs. For some sort of whatever reason, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. You know, it's, it's going to be an exciting game. And, and, uh, go ahead. I, uh, for me, it's going to be exciting. I'll, I'll definitely enjoy it. Hopefully, I'll get to watch it. Um, is it, when is it? 1 30? I'll watch it. Uh, I'll watch it for sure. <laughs> share my schedule. And in that case, uh, that's that's the NFL right there. Uh, let's go ahead and switch years, and let's uh, let's talk briefly about the uh, disaster season. The disaster season continues for the Lakers. Uh, lost three in a row. News is coming out that Dwight Howard is out indefinitely with his torn labrum, and and uh, the white swan, Powell Gasol, is out with a concussion, out indefinitely. Um, what, do you, what do you think of the Lakers season so far? A big disappointment. You also forgot to mention that Jordan Hill's out for at least a week with a torn labrum in his hip. <laughs> oh my gosh! Yeah, you're right. They're missing that three bigs. Uh, you know, Antoine Jameson finally gets his wish on, uh, on playing time. Uh, though I wouldn't be surprised if uh, Mike D'Antoni started a Robert test and Darius Morris with power forward center combo. <laughs> We'll see. The, you know, the, we bring the, that line up. Yeah. The only good news is Robert Zachary, recall for the D League. <laughs> I missed him. I missed him. He, he missed him on the bench, you know. Dwight Howard had a big block yesterday, and nobody cheered. And I was like, where? And I was like, looking around, I was like, where did Zachary go? <laughs> that was the first thing I looked for after. Yeah. <laughs> 
But he was in a league 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 Yeah, there's some truth to that joke, I think. Like, it's 
Like, they really don't get along. You'd think they'd get along a little bit better, but they don't. And well, Kobe has no friends. That's what. Yeah, he. That's what. That's what Kevin. That's what Kevin Durant said. Kevin Durant was quoted as saying, uh, "Kobe has no friends." <laughs> there's, there's there's more to that quote, but basically he said nobody likes Kobe, or Kobe doesn't like anybody. That's true. It's true. Besides Pascal, you know, Pascal is maybe the nicest human being to ever played with Kobe Bryant for sure. Kobe the nicest. Kobe, Kobe does have some friends though. He has Ronnie Turioff, yeah, uh, Lamar Odom, Karan Butler, Algasol, oh, yeah. Fisher, oh Carmelo Anthony, his friend, Car- yeah Carmelo. And that's about it. <laughs> that's it. That's it. Not not a wild guy. Well, I like the guy, and you know, it's too bad. You know, Dwight Howard can get along with him and. And too bad to see Nash, such a nice guy, too. He can't get along with Kobe Bryant, either. So, yeah, well, they're, they were rivals for a long time, so. Yeah, yeah, they can't. There's just, uh, yeah, the big question is lack of chemistry, and obviously uh, it's, it's it's pretty evident that they don't really play well together, despite all their talent. So. You think they'll make the playoffs? Uh, it does not look good. I think they're probably going to lose the next two out of three. They've got to play the Rockets and the Spurs and OKC. They're lucky to win one of those three games. Yeah, they're they're also down two starters on the back of to, the, to those two starters. <laughs> oh yeah, that's true. Um, they should, uh, Tim Duncan, Ronner, Tep, the dream matchup. <laughs> yeah, oh, there's boy. no way that. There's no way the Lakers can win these games without. They have no size. They don't have any size anymore. They don't have like. Okay, so think about it. Which rotation players were was D'Antoni using? Gasol, Howard, Hill for the front court. Meeks, Kobe, Nash, Morris for the back court. That's it. He lost four of the seven players he uses, or three of the seven players. Yeah, this is. Uh... <laughs> not, not, not that Mike D'Antonio really understood how to use his players in the first place, but uh, it looks like defense coming up, probably a loss. Uh, I'm trying to look to see if the Lakers can beat any team coming up on the schedule. The best bet's either at home versus Milwaukee or at at Toronto on the 20th. Um, so two wins in the next 10 games, it looks like, for the Lakers. No. <laughs> um, but this oh, is a really rough schedule for the Lakers. The Bucks just fired Keith. The Bucks just fired their fire coach. Oh, really? Yeah. Or he resigned. I think he got fired. Oh, yeah. So. You can't play for Scott Skiles more than two years. He's just too abrasive of a coach. Yeah. But maybe that's totally normal. Maybe Devin Ebanks gets back in the rotation. Ah, for a while. Like that, Tony can't coach a guy who can't shoot a three-pointer. <laughs> well, it's probably it's true. It's <laughs> <laughs> like that, Tony. I, you still understand what he does sometimes. 
Um, he has to he has to play somebody. He can't play Kobe Nash World Peace forty six minutes a game. <laughs> yeah, so I think uh, okay. CJ Simers wrote a big wrote a big piece about how Mike D'Antoni is a failure as a coach last week. The LA Times. There's just so many bad things. Uh, so many things to blame. I think I guess the two biggest things to blame is uh, is Mike D'Antoni and, and the Lakers uh, just not getting along with each other. And um, you know that's that's two things. Uh, you know Mike D'Antoni's inability to uh, understand the idea of court balance. You know if you run the pick and roll with shooters on the sides, and then you have uh, Steve Nash get into the paint. Um, 100% of the time, the other team's going to be faster than the Lakers. And, and if Nash is in the paint and the shooter's in the corner, there's only going to be one guy back against four. There's <laughs> four or not. So, so <laughs> there's no way a guy like Kyle Gasol and White Howard can run sprint <laughs> from end to end and beat anybody down the court. It's, it's just not going to happen. You know, the balance is just so off. You know, Mike D'Antoni is just stubborn, too stubborn to to figure that out. But anyways, anyways, uh, there's a lot of things. So really, that aren't. Who do you think is going to start for the Lakers next game? Uh, yeah, Ron Artest is going to start, and uh, I think Antoine Jameson. I think they're going to start Jameson and uh, Artest or Sacra and Artest. For sure, Ron Artest is going to get hot for yeah, so, so, so who's the center? Zachary? Uh, on our test. <laughs> oh, come on. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Does it really be It's either going to be Zachary or Earl Clark. Oh, Earl, no. Earl, Earl Clark hit the two most clutch free throws in a record season in Laker history. He really, yeah, he really does. That's Dr. Boyer's chicken impression a long time. He made those three throws after Tommy Paul got a confession. <laughs> uh, that, that looks pretty bad. At first, I was yeah. like, why is Tommy Paul rolling on the ground? Dude? He just got in the head, just stand up straight. Uh, apparently, he had a concussion. That doesn't make sense why he did that. Yeah, uh, probably Zachary, Artest, Kobe, Morris, Nash in the starting lineup. Right. <laughs> uh, maybe Jameson instead of Morris. <laughs> Gosh. We'll see. We'll see. I mean, I know Jameson's a terrible defender, and uh, it's pretty obvious, but <laughs> but is that the real reason why he's not playing? <laughs> Well, he shot really kind of poorly in, in the games before he got benched, basically. Oh, okay. Yeah. But, yeah, well, but Meath is even worse. He's he's in a really bad slump. He's, he's just thinking it up. So, yeah, I don't know. Meath is always open, too. It's not, nobody's guarding him with these three-pointers. If he's a good shooter, he should... Make at least forty percent of these threes. 
Man, he takes five to ten threes a game. <laughs> he is just wide open. Too much pressure. There's just too much pressure. That's true. Too much pressure yeah. on this thing. You know, his personalities aren't matching. Uh, it's too bad. You know, I if if uh, the window wasn't so perfectly closing, I would I would be okay with all this losing. You know, it's always good to rebuild, but yeah, it looks like um, outside to rebuild maybe. Well, the good thing is the Lakers missed the playoffs. They get a lottery pick next year. Oh wait. I think Cleveland gets it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. no. I don't think the Lakers have a first-round pick until 2016. I think that's right. Sounds about right. The <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, thing is, you can't trade anybody. Uh <laughs> Keith Blake for Kevin Love. You <laughs> <laughs> can't trade anybody. I mean, the best thing they have is that Algasol's expiring contract next year. Maybe they'll rope in uh, an aging Dwayne Wade. I don't know. Oh, no chance. chance. No chance of that. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody's going to want this expiring contract. It's uh, going to be $19 million off the book, so. The only guy they can get is somebody like, not the only guy, but a guy like Carlos Boozer. Oh, gosh. And just another guy to wait. Well, that's, yeah, that's enough. Enough Laker talk. It's just, just too depressing. <laughs> uh, <laughs> let's see. Um, well. Anything else going on in the news today? Uh, BCS Championship, of course. Alabama destroyed the Fighting Irish uh, seven months after the season ended in college football. For, uh, it's actually 40 days, but really, <laughs> this is just too long of a layoff. It's like playing a preseason game. The first preseason game of the season. Um, putting time, time off. But, yeah, um, did you see the game? I watched the second half where I think the score was already 35 to 0 when I started watching. So. Oh, yeah. I think the game was already in hand by that point. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't think it was. I think even on a talent level, we need that care fight. So I watched the first. My quarter, and you know, after watching that, you you could tell that Alabama was just going to steamroll them, and that's pretty much what everybody believed in before coming into the game. And uh, you know, I'm not a big Alabama fan. You know, I'm not a big Nick Saban fan. Uh, ever since he, he took that job <laughs> while quitting on the Dolphins a few years ago, so um, you know. It looks like the SEC is just going to dominate college football forever. The, the kind of thing. But, yeah, that's what's going to happen. No no choice. No choice. No one's going to beat the SEC. It's going to win forever. And, I, uh, do you know what this, I'm looking at the spread right now for this game. 
I'm trying to look up for the spread for this game. And I think the line was, it looks like nine and a half. Wow. Which seems low to me. I thought that, I thought they were going to win by three touchdowns. Alabama, people thought that was kind of high, but I thought that Aldo has a much better team and Notre Dame struggled with a lot of inferior teams. Uh, they almost lost to BYU. Yeah. I, yeah, they almost lost to Pittsburgh, too. <laughs> they almost yeah. lost to BYU. Yeah, yeah. BYU is terrible this year. And I just think, and I just thought if Alabama played BYU, how much would Alabama win by? Maybe oh. six, six touchdowns? Um, Maybe six touchdowns. Well, so. Alabama's second string probably beat BYU by six touchdowns. <laughs> well, maybe, but so that was just my thinking that Alabama would probably win by multiple touchdowns today, and and they did. Uh, they, they, no question, they didn't even leave it up. There's no drama, no drama. This uh, next year, though, next gonna be playoffs for college football, so that's gonna be a new wrinkle. It should be exciting. Every year, I just root for Oregon because. I just want to see this super offense go against an SEC defense to see how, you know, that's that's a very interesting matchup for me. I'm always curious, and I think the contrast in styles is something I like to see every year. I'm glad Chip Kelly stayed in Oregon, so that possibility is still, uh, still there. Hopefully uh, the Ducks are in that playoff and go against a few SEC teams. But I think that's I think that's fun. I think that'll be fun. That playoff next year. Yeah, we'll see. Um yeah, we'll see. Uh, you know. Good for college football. And uh you got anything else to plug? I do not have anything else to plug. Uh, nothing, nothing this week, huh? Uh, still working on your blog. I did write a blog post, uh, but it was mostly about the same things I talked about during this podcast. So, kind of. Oh. Uh, we should check might, it out. Uh, yeah, I might write another one. What's the URL? The, the UR, what's the URL? It's uh, uh, happyninja.blogspot.com. Go ahead and go there and check it out. All right. Uh, thanks so much, son. Uh, all right. That's our show today. Okay.